All right. What's up, everyone? I'm Amanda. And I'm Zach. And this is the A to Z Exchange. Our weekly creative. See? I totally fucked it up. I was thinking about the new one I was oh, talking about. the new slogans? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we're a weekly podcast where we talk about creative and cultural topics. That's right. And this week we have our guest. We don't have a guest this week. The ghost. We have a ghost. We have a ghost guest. <laughs> That's a fun little play on words. <laughs> Anyways, this week it's just us again for we the next the 30 minutes. the spirit of Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. The spirit of Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. <laughs> I guess it would be Bradley Cooper's spirit. Spoiler. Uh, don't say that. He transcends. Now you're gonna, you're gonna ruin it for everyone. That's not ruining it for anyone. <laughs> also, that was very easy to predict it was gonna happen when they foreshadowed it. Well, yeah. Anyways, since no one knows what we're talking about, and clearly we've we've jumped into the subject matter, we're gonna talk about movies again today mm-hmm. for the next thirty minutes because that's our personal uh, hobby, I guess. I don't know. It's not a hobby for me. I do it. It's a <laughs> lifestyle. It is our business. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So I guess we're going to talk about. We can start with it's Oscar that season. One. Oh yeah, we're up on Oscar season. Yeah, it's here. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it goes all year, but yes. I mean, we're in the <laughs> the heavy contenders are coming out yeah. now because we're in the fall time. But the the Oscar bait comes yeah. out this time mm-hmm. of year. Christmas. So, yeah, so it's coming. So I guess we're going to talk about uh, some of the contenders for this year that we think may be up there in terms of just good films that we're really excited to see. They may not be Oscar contenders because no one really knows yet until yeah. they actually are released. Yeah. But you can always tell what's going to be Oscar They put the bait. nominations out in January, like yeah. the middle of January. So. Yeah, and at that point there are still films that get a limited release in the final week of December, you know. Yeah. That. Well, I think the actual cutoff is like the first week of January. It is. Yeah. But if you get a limited release in on December 30th, like, you're good. That was what happened with Phantom Thread specifically. Was mm-hmm. I think Silence was like that, too. Silence was, yeah. So it's always evolving. So I guess we, we also... You have to get a theater release, though. I know that for sure because I learned that yeah. at the film festival. Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> but we want to talk about 2017's Oscar, not Oscar films, but our favorite films of 2017 first to kind of segue you into it so that way you understand mm-hmm. kind of where we're right coming list. from and what our tastes are. Before we talk about the films we're excited for, and Amanda has way more lists. I have a list because this is my business, so I'm like a major movie movie buff. <laughs> well, all right, here we go. So, 2017. What were the your top films of 2017 that you enjoyed the most? Top five. Top off the cuff. Lady Bird, Call Me by Your Name, uh, I Tanya, A Ghost Story, and Mother. <laughs> all right. Well, that was it. <laughs> I don't know if it's necessarily in that order. But those are definitely the top five. Those are definitely top five. Mm-hmm. Was, I think Lady Bird was definitely number one. Yeah, Lady Bird probably isn't my number one, too. Yeah, I don't see you debating that because you saw it, what, seven times Two. in theaters? I saw it twice in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Movie Pass, before you change your policy. <laughs> oh, it's changed. Oh, it's, yeah, it's no good now. So I mean, you, it's still fine, but. Right, it's just not as worth it. Yeah. Which was, it was an impossible thing to manage. But anyways, on your, your top five, you said Lady Bird. Call, Call me by, by your name. name. I, Tanya. I, Tanya. A ghost story. And, and then mother. mother. Mm-hmm. So what was it about Lady Bird that made it your number one of 2017 amongst all the films that released? Because 2017, I thought, was a good year for movies. Yeah, it was great. Um, I guess just personally it was relatable to being a teenager. I don't know. I'm a real big fan of teenage movies for some reason. I like telling stories from that from that point of your life because it's very it's a very transitional point in your life so 
you do a lot of like growth and stuff during that time. So, so that was what Lady Bird was for you. Mm-hmm. Mm. I like the fact that it was directed by a woman. <laughs> oh yeah, and written, written and directed by a woman. Co-written. Co-written. Bombback helped write it too. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, they've done a lot of stuff together. Her, him, and Greta. But has oh, she? Are they in, in a relationship? They are. But has yeah. she written anything before this? I think so. She's acted. She acted in, I think, Greenbird. I know she was in Greenbird with him. She's she's in a couple of his movies. Yeah, she might have been in the Myra Ritz stories. I didn't see that one yet. I haven't seen that one yet. That that would be on my list if I had seen it last what, year. Uh, when did, uh, while we're young, that was a couple years ago. That was 2014. Oh, really? 2015. He makes his movies quick. Dang. Because The Squid and the Well was like 05 or something. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so Lady Bird's your number one. Um, you just enjoyed the transitional period of all. Was there anything about the directing or the cinematography or the sound design or the script that hit home with you specifically? If that's number one, that's a big. Yeah. Well, I mean, the script. I feel like it just it had a good flow and it did a good job doing point like going from A to B to whatever. Yeah. Okay. Telling the story, but. Um, the directing, I just thought was, I mean, the straightforward. How are how do you say your name, Sorsha Ronan? She was awesome. So yeah, and Timothy Chalamet also in Call Me by Your Name, but his part in that movie. There's like one scene where they're sitting on the bed. Great. <laughs> He's uh, where he. What does he say? He's like. Um, he he lies to her about being a virgin, and he's like, "No, I'm not a virgin," <laughs> or something. He lied to her about a few things. Well, yeah, but that part I thought was. Was mean but funny. <laughs> I guess I thought it was a good movie. I guess I'll throw my top five out there as well. My number one was Phantom Thread. Um, I thought it was fantastic. I feel like that's Paul. That PTA isn't really particularly my style, but that probably is definitely on top ten. See, I thought it was for me. It was the best movie of last year. I thought it deserved Best Picture far more than Shape of Water. Oh yeah. Well, any of the other ones probably would. Yeah, have been shape, I, <laughs> shape I didn't. Water. I don't. <laughs> I feel like that. I mean, it you was get a into those big award shows. It's a little bit political. Probably has to do with the politics. <laughs> I guess, but I don't. I'm gonna get shunned for saying that, but that's okay. I mean, it's true. The politics, like the politics, matter. But I don't understand why the politics would have been stronger on Shape of Water than they would have been on on Phantom Thread. Personally, I don't understand that. I mean, you got Daniel Day Lewis in a leading role directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, who was always in the Oscar sort of contenders category. Mm-hmm. Guillermo, Guillermo, Guillermo del, Toro. del Toro. I don't know if he's ever been there. Pan's Labyrinth. Was Pan Labyrinth nominated for a bunch of stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay. But nothing after that really got him in that, that level of cinema, I don't think. I mean, he's got some good movies under his belt, but... I don't know. Shape of Water, I didn't think deserved it. But anyways, Phantom Thread's number one. Number two and three for well, me are a tie. Ending of Phantom Thread is just, I mean, we've talked about it. It's brilliant. This. It's brilliant. It's yeah. so good. It's way better than the ending of Lady Bird. Oh, yeah. Which was a well, good wrap-up. It was good. It just wasn't Phantom Thread. But Lady Bird tied for not my number what two. I mean. like, Lady Bird was just a good beginning, middle, and end. It told a good story, I thought. And I think it's loosely based on uh, Probably. Greta Gerwig's life because she is from Sacramento and went to a Catholic yeah. school. So yeah, yeah, loosely based on her life. 
I liked it. I thought it was good. She didn't do much with the actual directing of the movie. And what I what I mean by that is the camera work directing. So, mm-hmm. like, her eye through the movie, mm-hmm. she didn't do much with. Um, and, of course, it was her first time movie. Now, she I thought she directed the actors really well, and they all did a good job, and it was a pretty good script. But in terms of, like, the actual cinematography and the camera work and how we edited and moved through scenes, it was very simple and basic to me, which was part of the charm of the movie. It almost had a classical feeling to it, like, Everything was on tripods. There was a lot of wide shots that just kind of the scene would play yeah. out that way. Well, the opening with the two of the mom and the daughter in the car, that part I thought was brilliant. She just opens up and just throws herself out. I'm like, yes, I've had plenty of those times. <laughs> just throw, you just throw yourself out of a car? Well, no, but I've had those kind of fights with my mom before. So, Oh, I haven't. Oh, yeah. I've never thrown myself out of a car. Well, I don't know that I throw myself out of a moving car, but... That was a funny moment. Yeah. <laughs> but it was good. It tied, uh, for me, with The Square. The Square was a Swedish film, which I adored. I haven't seen it you yet. You haven't seen it yet, but it's it, it's, it was amazing. It, it's a two-and-a-half-hour movie, but it took me four hours to watch it because I kept rewinding it. Every every scene, I would rewind and watch again because I was so thrilled at the end of that individual scene. But that film, just the wave of comedic horror and drama and regret that it brings together in one nice little package that ultimately has to deal with society and um, what's the word? Society. What's the what's the opposite of society? What would you say? Are you talking about like anarchy? Yeah. So like like society versus anarchy, it brings (laughs) themes of that into play when, when he makes decisions that would be more pro society and helping others and it just falls apart. We get to see that. And then that's sort of like, uh, superimposed with what's happening with what the square itself is, is an art, like a piece of artwork within the film. And I know this all rambling random, but as, as a, movie it was it was excellent so that those are my top three and then we get into like territory where it's harder for me to define the top five but you got like dunkirk as a i as haven't a, seen that one yet either as like a special effects masterpiece i mean it, it's the sound design is was pretty everybody said was really good in that. It, it's exhilarating it it hits you in a really interesting way the script of that movie and the way it's edited as a thriller was really fun is that nolan yeah, it's Nolan. But it was very short. It was like an hour and 47 minutes, oh. which is short for Nolan. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and But the the way they do the script, like I got thought, like going in, I thought it was going to be very simple, straightforward, like mm-hmm. war movie. And it's, it's really not. Like ultimately, there's three threads going on, and each individual thread is a different amount of time. So the first one, like there's land, there was like by land, by sea, and air. by air. And I don't remember the exact... Uh, times, but I remember like by air only takes place over like an hour. I think the actual plot line that's intercut through the movie is like an hour, and then by sea, I think was like a week, roughly. I think it was a week of time, and then by uh, land was by a day. So the way these like cross cut at first is really jarring. And this is World War Two, right? Yeah, this was this is when they um, I've lost it when Normandy? when the the fleet of, of citizens came off and helped pull the, I guess, English and French soldier, soldiers out of France. Oh, um, was that Normandy? I don't think it was Normandy, no, because we stormed the beaches of Normandy. I don't, I don't know. But 
You can leave us a comment if you know. I'm sure if you're, yeah, <laughs> there are probably people that have seen the movie three times that definitely know and like they're more familiar with it. But it was just excellent the way it handled it. You had three, mm-hmm. you know, you, at first it's weird because you start seeing events that happen twice. Mm-hmm. But once you start piecing them together. You see them from a different. You see them from a different perspective and you see them different points in the story. So something that happens with the pilot in the beginning of the movie happens again at the end of the movie. And you're like, oh, that was the same situation. But because this other plot line's taking place over a week. Mm-hmm. you're seeing it, it and it, it uses that it plays on the drama it gives you moments where you're not sure where you are or what's happening or maybe what boat you're looking at so you don't know if certain characters are alive or dead in certain mm-hmm. points of the film because you don't know where it is so that was the way it was handled was really well done um and then what else would i put on that list we talked about it oh killing of a sacred deer oh no uh-uh. <laughs> no no <laughs> that didn't movie, like it. no. Why? No. Was it too heavy? It was too much. Like the end. No. <laughs> that that guy. What's his name? You know his name. I can't pronounce his name. Um, Mr. Grease. We'll call him Mr. Grease. Uh, Yagos. Yagos. Something. Yeah. His. Like his art form is great, and I agree with you on when you, we've talked about this before. When you talk about the comedy aspect of it, of his, because it's kind of dry and it's, it's dry and dark. Yeah, at the I, same I time, like yeah. that. Like the lobster was okay, still the end though. But the end of Killing of a Sacred Deer, like I was sitting in a theater, and it was in a little theater. It wasn't even in oh, like yeah. a giant theater, and I was just like, nope, stressed no, out, like, seriously stressed, and then. And you're talking about the spinning. Oh, yeah. Specifically? Oh, yeah. Okay. See, that, the, the, the I love that. Thing, like, the whole thing, it just leads up to that, and you're like, what is happening with this? <laughs> How and, did we get here? And, no. See, I, I don't enjoyed, ever want to see that movie again. <laughs> I love that. If a director can make me feel very conflicted emotionally and feel like I'm in a lot of different places at once, that's what makes something impressive to me. Mm-hmm. If you can give me a scene, and in that scene, you make me feel happy or joyful at once, but I don't feel sad at the same time. That's very one-dimensional. And a lot of directors do. A lot of people are. It's very it's easier than people think once you know the, the techniques behind it. But in that scene, I was exhilarated. I was terrified. I was, I was just straight terrified. I like, was no, laughing, I was like, dreading. uncomfortably. I was in, like, a major state of, what the <laughs> fuck? Sorry, I'm not supposed to cuss, but that was, like, definitely a major moment for me during that movie. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> You just, I don't get to feel that very often. But the often. same kind of thing with that was like with Mother. Like Darren Aronofsky, he's great. But, but no humor. There was no humor in Mother. Not. Was there? Did you see it? Yeah, yeah. we saw it like open at night. I don't guess there. Eh. I don't remember laughing. No, I don't think so. But I did really appreciate that movie and what it, the, like the story that it told. And anybody who's, I mean, it got pretty bad reviews, but. It's Aronofsky. He's weird. So <laughs> he got he got a fifty five. It was polarizing. There were people that hated it because it wasn't what they wanted, and then there were people that loved it because they appreciated the the uh, metaphor of it all. Yeah, I definitely appreciated the metaphor of it. And I'm not people. I think a lot of the people who hated it is because of what it talks about. Like, what do you mean? Because I mean, it talks about like creation, and it was no. It's kind of. Based off of that, that's what that's the that's the start. It it talked yeah. about our relationship as humans with Mother with, Earth. Yeah, yeah. And it, it did it in a biblical sense, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. like, but I think it that, wasn't creation. I think it was, that made it was a lot of people who were like faith, faith, like super hardcore Christians didn't like it because of that. 
I don't know why they didn't like it. I don't know. I don't I know. I feel like that's an opinion of mine. <laughs> of yours. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think it was about creation. I thought it was the relationship between humans and the planet and in a purely in a sense of Genesis and the story of Genesis, the way they presented yeah. it. Well, they do the flood too. When the, well, yeah, yeah, they do the, they do the full thing. And it's mm-hmm. like at first, you know, with the promotional materials and all the trailers and everything leading up to it, you don't know what it is. It looks like it's going to be a horror movie. Yeah. Like it's just a scary thriller based, like Aronofsky, you know, there's going to be some nail biting, like sort of toe curling moments. You're not sure what they're going to be, but you know, they're going to be there. And then when it becomes an allegory in, in it, transitions into an allegory it doesn't Mm -hmm. start as one it doesn't feel like one but then it it slowly as the chaos yeah just starts going all over the place and builds and builds and just takes it to a matter of Uh 10 that's when i was like but the same deal with that movie though is saying i had like a similar um emotion i guess when like killing of a sacred deer because when the the baby and mother Mm. like oh was, that was rough. Man. I was that, that was really sound? that was really rough. I was just sitting there like <laughs> That's how it was. Though. And it just mm, that gives you that just right there shows you the power of sound design. <laughs> like Did they show it? No, they didn't show it. You just they you see it being passed through the crowd and then the then the snap and then spoilers. Well, yeah, sorry. And then the they're eating it. <laughs> I thought I thought they showed like a shadow for some reason. Oh, I don't know. Maybe because I was sitting there like this. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, it was stressful. The whole oh. movie was stressful. The way it was shot too is very, very important as well. Like they talked about this a lot. Was mm. he shot the whole movie from three angles? Yeah. Uh, well, the part I, with the stairs was awesome because I think. Yeah. From one of the behind the scenes I watched, they built that like spiral like that um, to go with the camera movement because they spiral it up the stairs, right? Some of it. One part of I mean, she's, she she runs around the stairs. Yeah. Because the whole movie, if you haven't seen it, we're, we basically stay with her. Yeah. We don't move out of that. So there were three angles. There was a close, a medium, and, and a, medi- a, a little slightly bigger medium, and then the occasional cutaway to, like, the exterior Outside. of the house. But mostly it was we were just with her the entire time and, like, showing her perspective around this creaky old house that mm-hmm. really – the sound design of that movie was great because of that. Not only with the baby, but the creaking and moaning of the house. Mm-hmm. The house had its own character to it where it's like we would go in a room and I felt stressed out because I know that there's going to be this sound and creakiness to that individual room in the house. Yeah. And they, they played it up and they did it well. Yeah. So it was a good one. Not on my top five, but it was it was a good movie. I really liked it. I probably won't ever watch it again. The same with the Requiem for a Dream, but <laughs> oh well. I'll, I've been. It, I think it's on Amazon Prime right now, so I think I may watch I it. I very soon. much appreciate Darren Aronofsky, but I can't really handle his movies more than once. Oh, okay, you have to. That's <laughs> how you have to appreciate them. I did like it too. I would like to throw a little bone to it. You didn't see it? Mm-mm. Oh wow, it was pretty good. They Everybody did, says that, but they did I'm not a good really job a with huge it. like that kind of horror. What is? How do you? What do you mean by that kind of horror? Like where things coming at you. Like, where things are coming at you. Yeah, like monsters and things hidden in the dark. <laughs> oh, they don't hide them in the dark. Well, I mean, he's in like the sewer drain or whatever. But from what I remember from the original, he ain't in the dark. They don't. They don't use. They don't use the darkness in that movie though. That was what was cool about it. It's in the daytime. Well, not in the daytime, but it's like. It starts, like, the sewer drain, like, that scene, like, when it opens, like, 
he's technically in the dark, but like you see him, you see him fine. It all goes down. It's not like you know he's somewhere and you just can't see him. For the most part, he's he's always front and center, and they know they know where he is, and it becomes a different sort of like thriller esque type uh-huh. horror, I guess, where it's like, okay, how can he get to us? And less of like, where is he? So they did really well with that. And the kids, I thought the kids, there was a lot of humor in that movie too, which for scary movies you need, I feel like you need a lot of humor yeah. to, to make the relief. horror, to make it seem more believable though. Mm-hmm. Like people are going to laugh and then things are going to go bad. So Also like a relief. So if something bad happens, you can have like some kind of relief from breath, that yeah. tension. Yeah. But at the same time, if a movie doesn't have any breaths, like Mother for instance, it adds to that specific experience but it has to be a shorter movie it just makes you feel terrible (laughs) makes you feel like a terrible person I didn't I don't know I liked Mother Um, I feel like we also need to talk about upcoming movies too I know you got way more lists because you categorize trailers way better than I do so what are you excited to well, see going into Oscar season? Well, I don't know if I categorize season? the trailers. I just add them to my I want to see this list. You're more you're more organized <laughs> about it than I am. Uh, well, the ones that I know the for sure that are coming out that I'm super excited about. No. Are um, Bohemian Rhapsody 100% because I love Queen and I'm super excited that um, was it Rami, how you say his Malik? name? Malik. Malik. Isn't that him? Yeah. I, I think that's his Mr. name. Mr. Robot. Sure. Is playing Freddie Mercury, yeah. and he looks like he's doing an amazing job. I don't know, a hundred percent. I'm pretty sure they said in an interview that I watched he's actually singing, and I don't know for sure. But that, I mean, they'll mess around with it a lot. Oh man, it looks great. Um, it's gonna come down to the directing, I think. Yeah. Because it's like, I, for me, if like a movie isn't based on how like one performance, mm-hmm. and that's I'm seeing a lot of that with anyone that's excited. They're like, he looks like he's doing such a great performance, and it's like, there's more to it. And that's what's going to matter for me is how the team that makes the film handles it less so. Because it does look like he's going to do a fantastic job. Yeah. So. Um, and Steve Carell has like. <clears throat> Eleven movies. Three movies coming out that all look <laughs> great. Uh, Beautiful Boy, which is him and Timothy Chalamet. Welcome to Marwin, which that movie looks really awesome. Uh, both of those, well, all three of the ones that Steve Carell's in are based on like real events. Mm. So Beautiful Boy is based on two books um, about a father and a son, and Welcome Tomorrow is based on a true story, and so is Vice, which is the other one. He's not going to have a big part in that, I don't think. But. No, no, he's going to be a B-roll. He's going to be a side character, and since I think it's an Adam McKay movie. Yeah, it is. It is Adam McKay. With an Adam McKay movie like this, there's gonna be it's going to be such a huge cast of people that everyone, with the exception of Christian Bell and... Uh, I can't think of his Sam name. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. I think those are going to be the two, and then everyone else is going to get minimal, minimal time. I feel like that. So I saw the trailer for it last night when I went to see A Star Is Born. Right. And I don't know. Like I'm not sure if I think Republicans are going to not like that movie because I kind of got the impression that they were going to like. It's like them making fun of what happened during the Bush administration. I have yet to see a film that doesn't make fun of what happened during the well, Bush administration. Well, it's just like the part of the trailer where you can't you can't and, present it a different way. Yeah, well him and well Sam Rockwell and Dick Cheney. Yeah, they're like sitting there together and he's like, "So, and he's like telling him, "I want to do this, this and this." So it's yeah. basically setting you up that 
he basically ran that camp, that, that uh, administration, not George Bush. No, he ran the war effort, and that's 100% true. Dick Cheney made so much money off Iraq and Afghanistan. It's unprecedented. He, he did run it, and like, hey, you deserve to have, you know, we, we, we have given Bush a lot of bad credit for that war, as we, we should, but the mastermind was Dick Cheney. Mm-hmm. And like the fact that we're going to see a movie that sort of centers on that and and doesn't promote him up, I, I think is fantastic. I don't. Republicans may hate it. I don't really care. Um, the where the Republican Party is today, they're not really pro Bush anymore. You know what I mean? They're they're sort of a they're party. pro idiots. Well, they're they're a party of Trump <laughs> now. It's a different it's a different thing. It's not okay, that okay pro idiot. <laughs> whatever. It's not the same. It's not the same party. So like I don't think the current. Conservatives really the guy can't care. even speak well. Come on, <laughs> he's, he's, he, those people get a, get pretty intense at the rallies. So he's connecting because he's an idiot. <laughs> You're not helping sow the divide here. Well, I know, but like, look at edu- Okay, we're getting into politics now, yeah. but <laughs> and we're not supposed to be mean about it. <laughs> we're not, but I don't like Trump. I'm just going to flat out say that. But you should make a movie about it then. Um. Just if you look at like, because the whole spectrum of things for me boils down to education. And if you look at like what happened in Mississippi, like those kinds of states, they have lower income, they have lower education, they don't have as high standards, so they don't get critical thinking skills like people need to have. And so when he somebody comes in and he just starts bantering somebody like about something. They're just going to go for it because they want to follow somebody. They don't want to stand on their own, I think. I think that's a problem. I don't think that's all those people. I'm from Alabama, and Alabama's well, no, down there with all Mississippi. Of them, but, like, the majority. The majority, but the cities down there are different. The thing is, is if you go to if you go to Birmingham or you go to a place like maybe Tupelo or any of the bigger cities down there or Montgomery, it's like you get a different train of thought. There's just way more rural, like rural, I can't even say it. Rural. Rural, rural, rural. Communities down there than there are like in the northeast or out west. The, it's a, it's a different oh, yeah. atmosphere, but it's like I don't know. This region of the country's got its own individual problems, but that's not for today because we got to talk about upcoming Oscar movies. Oh yeah, so um, all of the Steve Carell ones, I'm definitely looking forward to <laughs> the the Carell trilogy. Um. Suspiria, that's like a horror thriller. The trailer's super weird. Is that the one with the red dress or something? Like the ballet dancers? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like an Amazon one. That looks horrifying, but good. <laughs> we'll see. I, yeah, I saw that trailer. And then mid-90s is a go. Uh, mid-90s looks fun. It looks good. That's Jonah Hill. Is that his? He's written. Yeah, that's his that. directing like yeah. debut. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. about that one. After, his, after what he did in Maniac, mm-hmm. which was... A little more one-dimensional than it needed to be. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, I'm excited to see how he handles that. Um, I mean, how he directs it. It looks cool. It looks kind of like movie, uh, what is it, like handicam. It looks like it's done 16. It has a 16 millimeter look to it. So I want to mm-hmm. know if they how they filmed it. I would like to see if it's real film grain or if it's, if mm-hmm. it's just bogus. But it looks good. Yeah. The other ones that I'm. Uh, this one already came out, Life Itself. I love it. If you like This Is Us, if you haven't seen Life Itself, go and see it because it's brilliant. It's brilliant? I think it's brilliant. I'm going to have to watch it to Just see it's because brilliant. You, you've thrown that word around a lot now. Well, I think it's 
brilliant just because of like the story, the way the dialogue is written, the way that it's broken up because it's like it it's like this is us where it spans, it goes back and forth in time a little bit. It's not as drastic as does it have the same cheesy dialogue. This is us, but there's just some like moments in it, some of the dialogue that he's written in there that just it hit home with me, and like the dialogue that comes up at the end. There's like a monologue she's doing at the end. It uh, <laughs> it ends on a monologue. Yeah, well, she. Oh. I don't want to tell you what happens, but there's a. It's a good reason why there's a monologue. Oh, okay. Um. What's what genre of film is it considered? Drama? Oh, it's definitely drama. Just heavy drama? Is it like a drama comedy or like a, a rom com drama? No, there's not definitely not it's not like rom com. There's romance in it, but it's not like it's a romance drama. Cheesy rom com. <laughs> romance drama where it ends on a monologue. Well it's not a romance drama, it's just drama. Like it's okay. dreadful. Dreadful. It, it's got some pretty dreadful moments in it and you're yeah. like there's one part in it, and you're like, what the hell? I will say that the first, like, ten minutes will really throw you off. Like, it opens, and you're like, what in the hell is this? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it. The first ten minutes is definitely off-putting a little bit. But then it, like, wraps it into this wide, like, that. So. Right. So are there any any other big movies coming out in 2018? I think we just started with The Star is Born. First Man. Oh, First Man. Oh, First Man. Yeah. I'm seeing First Man tonight. We didn't really talk about Star is Born, though. Well, we could talk about that for a long time. We're also getting close to the end. Oh, well. We are running out of time. Definitely first man, though, for sure. I can't believe both of us forgot about that, Damien Chazelle. Yeah, yeah. We're, well, <laughs> we're gonna, I'm going to see that tonight, so I'll know how I feel about it. It looks good. There, I've seen a few reviews of it, and they seem to touch on that it's a family drama, more so than it is like a space exploration film, and I'm excited to see that. People also say the stuff in the, in the cockpit when they're flying is very stressful, and I'm excited to see how it handles that and like when we know the outcome. Did Damien Chazelle write this movie, too? I don't know. You should know you're the. I don't know. You're the he, big fan. I just like. Oh, his movies. I love Damien Chazelle. The only I haven't seen Guy Madeline on Park Bench yet because I can't find it anywhere. Oh, I'll have, I have it. But you sure need to give it. it to me because I yeah. want to see it. It's the only one I haven't seen. Oh, okay. Like I'll 50 times. It. I have it somewhere. <laughs> um, he's good. I'm excited. Star is Born is pretty good, but has problems. Damien, with First Man though, like it's different than Whiplash and La La Land, where because. Well, first of all, it's based on a real event. But I, th- I think now that Damien Chazelle's gotten a lot of notoriety from Whiplash and La La Land, he's got bigger budgets. I just hope it doesn't, like, decrease his style, you know? Because sometimes you get a lot of recognition and you kind of kind of lose yourself a little bit. I don't think the budget on this is much, much if any, bigger than La La Land. Sure. He's just getting a lot of recognition, and I just hope he doesn't, like, lose his aesthetic. Well, he, this is film three. So Four. We'll- Four, you're right. Okay, film four, but <laughs> three in terms of like big ones, like successful. This is three, so we'll see. I don't think La La Land I was as good as Whiplash. Guy Madeline and Park Bench is a student film, <laughs> probably. But it's like I don't know. La La Land wasn't as near as good as Whiplash, but it was good. Oh my god, I love La La Land. It was good. Also saw it twice. <laughs> so we'll have to see how this compares. I think yeah. I don't know yet, but we'll see. Let's we'll see it tonight. But It'll see if it's better. The than two Star of is them born. compare, though. While we're on the subject of that, uh, La La Land and A Star Is Born, the music in both of them I really like. Like I really love the aspect in La La Land where it's like the jazzy style. Yeah. I mean, I'm a really huge music. I'm just entertainment across the board fan. But um, 
the music in Starsborn, I think, is great. I definitely think that they'll get some Oscar noms, Oscar consideration for their music because it's all original music. I don't think they repeated any of the music from the other, other two. Other three. There was three. Three? Yeah. 1937, 54, and 76. There's th- oh, I thought this was the third one. No, this is the fourth one. Everybody's been saying they thought this was the third one, but nope. That's what my one. grandmother said, and my grandmother knows everything. Nope, there was the original one came out in 1937. See, I thought there was that one, and there was one in the 70s, and then there was this one. No, there was the one in 1937. The one in 1954 was the one with Judy Garland, so that's oh, okay. the most popular one, I think. I, I mean, I'm going to have to watch them and see yeah. the differences. I wonder how they yeah. change. That would be fun. Yeah, I want to know if the storyline kind of plays out the same as the one with Bradley Cooper. But I definitely think that the music in that will get them some kind of. See, I wasn't that impressed by the music. Consideration and music. Like I thought her, like her, her parts I thought were good, but the Bradley Cooper stuff in music I really didn't. Oh, I love. I liked it a lot. I wasn't impressed with Bradley Cooper album now. (laughs) At all. I just really like that style of like gritty singing <laughs> see I, to me it's the music his music sounded like just outdated it didn't and it, it he's not a musician like she is either so his oh well I'm, I'm, his singing and the writing of it wasn't they should do like not on her album together her caliber i would buy that album i wouldn't i would buy that album. I, I didn't care to hear I, the first time his I like it main song came on when it started it was really fun the way it worked with the the way they shot that scene and the, the way that whole scene played out. But by the third time you hear that song in the movie, I was like, I'm tired of hearing the song. I don't like it. Let's move on. Oh, but like, like with it. her, they kind of transitioned through more than one song. And I liked that. I thought she had a good character arc, even though it was uh, it was rushed. It the was whole, definitely the rushed. The plot line was rushed. We both feel like it was definitely rushed. Yeah, the beginning. pacing was mm-hmm. was off. It needed to be much, much longer. And that, that hurt it for me a lot. Um, I think that, I mean... With the rushing, though, like I was saying to you before, the monologue that's kind of in the middle, that's like a transitionary period from the first act to the middle, I thought was a little bit... They should have added some something else other than the monologue. I mean, the montage in that part, I think. That would have helped. Yeah. I feel like that would have helped like to know where the timeline is. They needed they needed a way to, to, to sell the timeline with... Through dialogue, through props, just as a whole, they needed they 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 didn't. It it seemed like a purposeful decision to me to ignore the idea of the timeline in that movie, which is like gutsy in a way, I guess. And it's cool I that mean, as you, an audience we get the movie, yeah, not knowing the dates of when this is all taking place well, or how tell, long it's covering. That it's been a few years, like it's you can tell, you, but it you, just you, does it. Yeah, it's it's a little jarring, and you kind of have to play catch up for a few minutes, which maybe keeps you intrigued more in in the film. Maybe that, that helps it a lot. But for me, it was like, okay, where are the whole time? I'm like, how long has this been? And I guess it probably went over maybe what five years total, four years total. I would say yeah, something in there. I mean, without giving away spoilers, I would recommend people see it. Yeah, but it had a lot I of good cried. humor. I bawled my eyes out during the last like. 20 minutes. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't, I'm, I didn't cry because I'm dead on the inside, so. Well, whatever. He's whatever. I'm whatever. Too stoic over there. I'm not, that's not stoic. That's just not how I express myself. You just. Anyways, I think we got to wrap up. Don't know how to show your emotions. I do. It's just <laughs> not an emotion I experience very often. You need to watch Man Enough, which is a great YouTube series. But. Oh yeah, I've watched part of it. 
<laughs> I'm okay with it. It's just not how I do it. Um, anyway, so next week we uh, have a lot it. of things planned out over the next month and a half, so um, be on the lookout. Next week we're going to have my friend Katie Burke on. She's a lead in a band called KB and the Idlewild. Find them on Instagram. Spotify and, too, maybe. No, they're not on Spotify. That's She's coming on because her single comes out the 26th. Oh, so. oh probably shouldn't have said that then. Oh, well. Anyways, but she's going to be out next week, so we're going to have a second live performance mm-hmm. uh, ever. Yep. Which is exciting. Maybe we'll change gonna, the she's format. She's awesome, too. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're excited about that one. We have a bunch of upcoming guests. Um, what else is there to say? I don't know. In two weeks, we're going to have a cool, like a really great guest on that kind of relates to Halloween. So that'll be awesome. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a prop guy. Yeah. Prop yeah, and costumes. Prop and costume. That's going to be fun. We have another musician coming up. We have a DJ coming up. We're going to talk to them about their processes, yeah. processes. And then what's another big one? One more, just to finish it out. Uh, voiceover and voiceover. SFX make- makeup, special effects makeup. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be like a bonus episode. Cool. Yeah. All right. So we got a lot going on. Uh, we're excited to, to push forward with this yep. and just keep, keep online on all yeah. the social content and we'll Put out more updates yeah. and everything like that. So let us know what your Oscar contenders are, if you have any, <laughs> if you know. <laughs> yeah, and what or your what upcoming your, movies are. Yeah, or what your favorite one from last year was. So no, that's true because we we all miss a lot of movies. I mean, yeah. like you haven't seen The Square, I haven't seen Call Me by Your Name. So how can those are probably both great movies that Call, aren't on like, our again? Call Me by Your Name, the ending, falling. See? So good. So with that in mind, <laughs> if anyone has any movies that we haven't talked about, whether it was, say, something like Get Out, right? We didn't mm-hmm. even mention Get Out. But something like that that wasn't on our list, like comment, let us know, share, like, and subscribe, and that's it. And I guess yep. we'll see everyone Everywhere next week. Everywhere across the board, the A to Z exchange. So yeah, cool. Let us know. All right. We'll see you well, later. That's it. All right. Woo.